Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 714, air date August 18th, 2020. All right, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to uh, our campaign. Welcome to Danvers. I'm so happy to be here. It is a... Um, you can see there's a lot of great people who've shown up here from all over Danvers. Is anyone else from outside of Danvers? Lynn? Beverly. Lynn? Beverly? Beverly, anywhere else? Danvers. 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 So the community in Danvers in this area is an extremely a strong community of people who believe in the values of what this country stands for, which is, in my view, hard work, meritocracy, and people coming from bottoms up. And that's what this country was built on. So I'm, it, to me, it's a great honor to run for U.S. Senate. As many of you know, you know, I came from uh, a world, originally I was born in India. You know, India has a caste system. I came here when I was a seven-year-old kid, but I grew up in the working class towns of New Jersey, where I really came to love what this country was about, because in this country, it was based about working hard and merit, and that's how you came up. But over the last, you know, probably many 20 years, I've also seen how the lawyer politicians have schemed against the working people in this country. And what they want to do is to make this a caste system. And that means that they want to unleash corruption. We have crumbling infrastructure. And, when you, and they want to unleash racism, which means divide black and white. And part of this, what's going on right now, is defunding the police. And unfortunately, this is brought to you by Charlie Baker and the Massachusetts Swamp, who are in collusion with the Democrats. And, def and if you actually look at history, throughout history, police and people have always stood together whenever the establishment came after us, in all revolutionary movements. And I did a tweet recently, some of you may have seen it, in 1933, you know, Hitler and his brown shirts wanted to also defund the police, and they wanted to eliminate them so they could go on a rampage. And when you look at the history of creating disturbances between working people, it serves one group of people, a small set of people who, in my view, are not really Americans. They believe in the aristocracy. If you go back to 1776, when the revolution was lost by a set of people who thought that their leadership, that they were directly connected to God and all of us were peasants. You remember that? So it's someone who wore a crown or man or a woman, they were the ones who had a direct connection to God and we were supposed to bow down to them. And the foundations of this country were based on something very different, that we should have a direct connection to our creator and there should be nothing getting in that way. And that was really the foundation of the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence. And the First and Second Amendments, I mean, there are many great amendments, but those two are quite unique to this country, particularly the Second Amendment. Because what the Second Amendment guaranteed was that we have the right to bear arms, not just to go shooting people, by no means, but to protect ourselves from an egregious and over-abusive government. That's why it was created. No other country has that. <laughs> It's quite extraordinary, and it's the foundation of freedom that makes this country great. And then if you actually look at what's going on today, we have, yes, there are many viruses. In fact, I have 380 trillion viruses in me. I got 60 trillion bacteria among my 6 trillion cells. Everyone here has about 380 trillion viruses in our body. We as human beings came out of viruses, okay? We're supposed to strengthen our body and boost the immune system, and what they've done with a recurring pattern over the last 50 years 
is always try to fear monger people. There was a 9-11 fear mongering, right? We went through that. Then there was the AIDS fear mongering. Well, the latest fear mongering is that we're all going to get hurt by some virus, some germ, some invisible enemy. And I can tell you they have a problem with this narrative because you're looking at someone who got four degrees from MIT, actually earned them, not like Elizabeth Warren, okay? But actually earned them. No, she doesn't, but but she used race to get advancement. That's racism, by the way. In my view, calling me a name or all that, that's just ignorance. Racism, in my definition, as someone who's experienced racism across two continents, one in India in an abusive caste system, but not here in the working class towns of white working people. I experienced more racism among the liberal elites in Cambridge than I ever did in any among white people, frankly, okay? But what you find is that what we have going on is that people are actually, like Elizabeth Warren, they want to use race to divide us. But fundamentally, that if you look at the larger, you know, you know, history, what's that? Larger scale of things. Yeah, if, you look, if you look at the large scale of things, we all actually want the same things. We want truth, we want freedom, and we want health. Yes. And what's occurred in this country is that over the last, particularly, I would say in the last six months, there's been a huge attack on freedom. And it's based on lies saying that, that, you're, that a virus or a pathogen can destroy your immune system. It's one of the scariest things, right? Because most people do not know science anymore. All right. We don't teach science or engineering to people. In fact, what we've done with the educational system is tell young kids that the answer doesn't matter. Actually, that's what they tell you. Your answer, so you can solve a math problem. Everyone gets an A. Everyone gets a trophy that the answer doesn't matter. Well, I can tell you as an engineer that if you get the numbers wrong, that that building's going to fall down. If you figure out the wrong weight and the wrong mass of that building, bridges fall down. And that's why in Massachusetts, probably why we have an F minus minus in infrastructure. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Massachusetts didn't get an A or a B or a C or a D. I work in the or an E. Exactly. They don't so, but when you put it all together, Massachusetts is a location of MIT, supposedly the number one technology oh. institute in the world. And yet the American Society of Civil Engineers gave Massachusetts 125 points out of 350 when they rated our infrastructure, the third worst in the entire United States. So just just let that sink in, okay? The third worst infrastructure. Now, sir, I wasn't here at the beginning. Yeah. And uh, and you say I'm not holding the sign because, in fact, even though I read the Globe every day and foreign affairs I get, I subscribe to, which comes every two months, and I think I know something about the world. I may have seen your name, but which party are you running on? Right. So I'm running as a Republican. I'm writing, yeah, I'm doing a live here, so once I finish, if you can just wait, okay. we'll answer. but I'm running, it's a good okay. question. I'm running in the Republican primary yes. for U.S. Senate, Great. and, uh, but it's an important question that you're asking, because what's happened in Massachusetts, there's actually one party. The real Republicans, the real Americans, have been sold out in this state. Why? Because the Massachusetts GOP establishment, the leadership, I'm not talking about the, the people who, you know, the ground people has been essentially hijacked by a guy called Charlie Baker. Yeah. Okay? He's in collusion with the Democrats. And and, yeah, and and by point of fact, if you actually look at this coronavirus thing, the entire fear-mongering that's been done has destroyed 38 million American jobs. In the same period, in three months, in three months, 600 people have made 
$2 trillion in value, 600 people, billionaires. So we've consolidated incredible amount of wealth, incredible amount of wealth. 35 million Americans went out of jobs. We've destroyed many, many small businesses. Oh, yeah. And we've consolidated power among organizations like Amazon, Facebook, Google, and Walmart, Walmart etc. Yeah. Dunkin' Donuts. Dunkin' Donuts. Those organ by the way, Dunkin' Donuts, great food, right? Good for your health. <laughs> so these organizations have consolidated power. And that's what we really need to get back to. What we are going back to in this country is an aristocracy. Charlie Baker thinks he's King Charles. Okay? That's what he thinks he is. And and so so in seventeen seventy six, when the revolution took place, those in power did not want to give up the First Amendment and the Second Amendment and all those beautiful rights we got. So they took one step forward, gave us those rights, but they also took two steps back. Those people did not leave back to London. Did they go back to UK? No, they embedded themselves here and they began a counter-revolution. And that's what's been going on for around 250 years. What's our truth? So for 250 years, we've had a counter-revolution taking place in this country. Those same elites have been wanting to come back into power. And part of their power assumes that we are still peasants, we can be controlled, and we don't deserve the same rights. One rule for them, and another rule for us. That's what it's all about. Right, Charlie Baker's son molests a woman on an airplane. I'm sorry, he gets away. That happens to me even in accusation. People put out mugshots about us. But happens to him, everything gets scuttled. And that's what they've created. They've created one rule for them and another rule for us. So when you look at this coronavirus thing, the whole purpose of it, obviously there's a virus, right? And obviously we're concerned when people die, but not one discussion at the national level by Fauci or Baker has ever talked about boosting the immune system, ever. Nothing about boosting the immune system. No one has talked about the importance of the sun, vitamin D3, you're looking at someone who studies this. I'm considered one of the leading guys in the world on the immune system, my PhD's in that field. Six months ago, I gave the talk at the National Science Foundation. I was invited to give that talk. It's a very prestigious honor to give a talk on the immune system. And what did I share to a group of 200 engineers and scientists? Said, A, all of us have a very unique biology. What's good for you may not be right for me, okay? Each one of us needs different foods, different potentially drugs if you want to take them, right? And different medicines. Right medicine for the right person at the right time. And part of this entire thing, what you realize is that the immune system is a very complex system. Simply injecting everyone with the same vaccine is not going to work, okay? It's violating the principles of biology, but we do know that you should boost the immune system. The immune system is a very complex system, but we do know that God gave us a sun, right? There's a reason we have the sun. The sun hits your body and the sun upregulates what's called vitamin D3. Vitamin D3, through a series of reactions, creates a very powerful chemical called cathelicetins. You don't have to know that, but those chemicals are literally like bullets that blow up the surface of viruses. It's an antimicrobial, all right? Vitamin D3 is an antimicrobial. Not one word from Fauci. Everything is wait for the vaccine. Why? Because all of these guys are wired into the big pharma vaccine manufacturer. Exactly. That's what it's about. And you have to understand that big pharma is losing money. Why? Because they're pharmaceutical drugs. And I know them because I know these guys are failing. The pharmaceutical drugs industry is failing. You can sue them, highly regulated, but vaccines are not regulated. Vaccines, you cannot sue 
them in federal court. You have to go to a vaccine court. All that brought to you by the Kennedys. <clears throat> okay? Seriously, John Kennedy, nice guy, great pictures. You know, we got all this great PR, but John Kennedy is the one who passed the National Vaccination Act, which meant we created the CDC. All of us are supposed to get vaccine guidelines. And then his brother, Ted Kennedy, 1986, seeing all the injuries, didn't get rid of that. He instead created a very nice shield for the vaccine manufacturers where we can't sit sue the vaccine companies. Just that, a word about vaccines. Don't we all get the same smallpox vaccine? And well, isn't that highly effective? Well, and, we, we can talk about that. I'll come back to the smallpox, yeah, okay? But in 1986, okay, we should talk about where, where yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, so this is not perfect, but highly effective. Well, we'll talk about that, okay? Because you're talking to a guy who knows about the immune system. But anyway, 1986, the National Vaccine Injury Program was created when people were getting injured by vaccines, and it basically shielded big pharma. And today, we don't want to address the fundamental issue that the 1962 Vaccination Act was an ill-formed idea. And I, and if you want to give John Kennedy the benefit of the doubt, it was based on fake science, an outdated science of about 150 years old. What we do know about modern science is one size doesn't fit all. And when it comes to health, you cannot have the government mandating a, a kid should get the same standardized vaccines. So this is not about pro or anti-vax. This is about once, exactly, one size does not fit all. Precision and personalized medicine, that's the future. And that's why at, from a, uh, in my campaign for US Senate, when we talk about health, we've already drafted what's called the Health Rights Act. That's the first bill that I'm gonna go after, and that's about health sovereignty, which means between me and let's say Richard's my practitioner, in the old days, there wasn't all this clutter, okay? It was me and my practitioner. We had a personal relationship. He knew me, my family, etc. And 80% of the stuff was done by the family practitioner. God forbid you got into a major accident. That's when you went to the hospital. And Western medicine is phenomenal. Surgery, antibiotics, steroids, when you need it. But 80% now is being handled by as crisis care medicine. So what we need to do in our Health Rights Act, we need to reestablish the personal relationship. We need to remove the middlemen. And what we can do as a part of that is reduce the cost of health care where we make people responsible. You should have a personal relationship out of pocket, 50 to 70, $75, that's it, by direct primary care. A lot of doctors are starting to do this. And the remaining about 150 bucks, what you do is you pay for crisis care. And what you've done is you've eliminated this Obamacare nonsense. If you actually look at the diagram of where if you put me and you, it should be nothing in between. There is probably about a thousand boxes now in between me and Richard, if he was my practitioner. The IRS is involved, right? The NI, every Tom, Dick and Harry is taking a piece yeah. of it. This is why a five cent aspirin, when you go to the emergency room, is marked up for 50 bucks, okay? Because you got all these middlemen. And what are the results of the US healthcare system? The United States has the highest, highest infant mortality rate in the Western world, the lowest longevity rate in the Western world. We have 38% of our, 30 to 38% of people who are obese, okay? We're not, we're not, we haven't addressed that as a public health issue. Where's the fear mongering around that? But we did get everyone wearing these masks. We did get everyone shutting down their businesses. If you looked at the amount of health that's been created by smoking, high blood pressure and obesity, it pale, you know, that number is huge compared to this coronavirus fear mongering. So the issue, the reason I bring this up is no other U.S. senator, most 70% of them lawyers, yeah. 
can even talk about this. No one can even challenge Fauci, but I did. In the first three months, I was the one who exposed Fauci. We started a campaign to get him fired. We collected 120,000 signatures. We delivered it to the White House. I had a two-hour conversation with the deputy director of domestic policy. We explained to them what a fraud Fauci is, that this entire thing is based on fake science. All right? That's what I did because of the fact that America allowed me to get an education. All right? And that and that's why we need working people in governance, plumbers, electricians, school teachers. And that's why I'm going to only run for one term. Six years is a long time. I have a lot of others. But the day I get in there, guess what? I'm not going to be whining and dining people to get my reelection. I'm in there to win for you, That's right. for all of us. And I want to make sure that other young people like her and others in the next six years, they run for office. That's, right. That's the legacy I want to leave. Not a legacy like Ed Markey of being in there for 47 years yeah. or Joe Kennedy, who went from whatever, Brown and Nichols, right? Went from A to Brown and Nichols, an assistant directory, it was an assistant district attorney job. You, and then I'm running against three lawyers. Two lawyers, Democrats, and one lawyer handpicked by Charlie Baker probably offered a judgeship. Okay, that's how they work. They do not want us, one of us, ever getting involved. They're so scared of our campaign. We've got 20,000 donations. 20,000. Stay out. 20.
$40,000 now only makes $20,000. So poor white working people have lost significant yeah. wages and the condition of black people is worse today yeah. than it was after civil rights. Period. Because what did, what did the Democratic Party do? What did the liberal elites do? They said, don't use the N-word and support affirmative action. Trillions of dollars went into this. And then you're not an anti-racist. Meanwhile, they got all these racists on Brattle Street and Brookline, all these people who put big BLM signs on their lawn. They don't give a damn about black people. I'm telling you, they don't. What they're doing it is like, when, well, you know, when they put the blood so the angel of death wouldn't come attack you. That's what they did. If those people care so much about reparations, let them give up their house. Yeah. We won't see them doing that, but they'll surely plant a BLM sign. It's all virtue signaling. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with actually nothing. solving the real problem that has always solved racism, which is infrastructure yeah. for poor blacks and poor whites. The, the, the infrastructure in the inner cities is devastating for all people, black and white. Instead of ever solving that problem, they, they're so happy to put a BLM sign on the one side, and if you're black or a liberal white, you're, you now support black people when you plant that sign. And then over here, they want people to say, yeah, I support the police. Okay? They want to create the narrative of black and white, when the truth is that none of us prosper by dividing nope. police and people. Nope. They do. We all they do. It. And that's why it's very, very important that we get out and vote in the September 1st primary, because the elites do not want someone like me. They definitely don't want anyone like me because they know, particularly the GOP establishment, that I'm the only one who can defeat Kennedy and Mark. You get what I'm saying? They always have a loser. The GOP establishment are a bunch of losers. They don't want somebody losers. that they can't control. They do, exactly, you said it. Everyone hear what you said? They don't want someone who can control. Everything they can to keep us from doing Anything. Exactly. And, and what they do is they're so insidious, they'll even use Trump's name. Okay. There's a guy who runs a Republican establishment here. He didn't even want to put a Trump sign on his lawn. Okay. What's that? Lions. Okay. They have, when I ran for office last year, I ran as a Republican. They were so afraid of me. They had an idiot run against me who photoshopped a picture with Trump. There's three hands in the picture. Wow. Okay, I had to run as an independent. We got five times more votes than any independent candidate, and they illegally kept me off the debate stage. Now they want me to do debates. I'm not going to debate because until you apologize yeah. for keeping me off the I debate think you stage. Debate. Well, I'll debate Kennedy or Markey, but I'm not going to, oh. you know, but they, they're going to have to do open debates, not with CBS, well, bet, open yeah. debates in Harvard public. Square, yes. open, yes. public open yeah. debates where every, because you know, they can change those camera yeah. angles, yeah. they can manipulate yeah. your mic, yeah. they can make yeah. you have a shadow. They know how to yeah. do all these yeah. tricks. I know that, I have a degree in media, okay? <laughs> so you can manipulate things. Oh, they yeah. should do it live outside. Yeah. Yeah. That's Everybody my ground rules. That's how it's done, open. And yeah. you know what? Five of my people publicly may ask questions and five of their people. If they want to do, they they do, do that, that, screw them. Okay, but our our campaign is a truly authentic one. We don't give a damn. Yeah. Boston Globe wanted me to do an interview. I said, you got to apologize for what you did last year. Oh, you don't want to be in the Globe? I said, no. They called me back again. They said, we want to do an interview with you. I said, are you going to apologize for what you did last year? Are you going to give me the same feature that you gave the other two? No. Oh, you don't want an interview? No. We don't want the mainstream media. And let me tell you why we need to do this. Imagine George Washington begging to the King Charles, oh, please put me in your media. This is what we've been brainwashed to. But we don't care. You know how we measure our success? How many of those lawn signs go up? 
how many of those bumper stickers go up? How many people? And we've raised $750,000. Think about that. And we've used that to take, we buy our ads. We don't owe them anything. We have TV ads. We have radio ads. We have 12 billboards running. That is all brought to you by you. They're everywhere. But right now, all of you here, this is what I need you to do. Every one of you here, you've got to go tell 100 other people, 100, it's easy, to vote in the Republican September 1st primary. We need to deliver a devastating defeat to Baker. Not just a small defeat. I'm talking about a devastating one. They need to know that that we, the people, still matter. Got it? Man, that's what we get. We get that everywhere we go. In the primaries, it's trick. We got to get everyone to vote. Everyone agree? Yes. Okay, everyone agree. Yes. We got to get everyone to vote in the primary because winning against the GOP establishment will free all these great Americans, great Republicans who've been screwed over. Yeah. And finally, they'll have a voice. That's yeah. what we need because the Republican establishment and the GOP and the Democratic establishment are one. Together, they want to defund police. They want to force vaccinate us. That's yeah. what they, they, want to, they want to continue lockdowns. They want to have immunity passports. That's what this no. is all headed towards. And they what better place on. to stand for freedom then in Massachusetts, where the revolution took place. So anyway, everyone get out and vote. you got to get out and vote, but not only you. you got to tell 100 other people. That's what we need. That's what I need. That's what everyone needs. Every day, all day. Everyone got it? Everyone pledge to that. Yes. Everyone is pledging. You're going to get 100 other people to vote. Okay? Tell everybody Well, that's only a mission. Okay? Yes. All right. Thank you, everyone. I'll take questions. We'll take some questions, John. Thank you. Richard, did you start?